Goosebumps number 40, Night of the Living Dummy 3, by R.L. Stein. Every dummy has his day and his night. When dummies speak, everybody listens. Trina O'Dell's dad used to have a ventriloquist act. That's why he has all those dummies in the attic. He calls it his dummy museum. There's a dummy with freckles and one with a sneer just like Rocky. Trina and her brother Dan think the dummies are uh, uh, pretty cool. But now there are voices in the attic and dummies keep showing up in the strangest places. No way those dummies could be alive, right? Listener beware, you're in for a scare. They're gonna love Dark Falls. Slappy's back. Slappy, slap me. Oh, Freddy's back. Freddy's back. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. I'm so excited to have Slappy back. Me too. I had so much fun reading this book. Do you know what I was reminded of by a listener? Do what? A listener asked if I had gotten that uh, Slappy tattoo. And the answer is no. But gosh, how I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we definitely should. Those magical words that bring Slappy to life. I want it tattooed all over my naked body. I actually, hold on. This is so funny. Where I'm sitting right now, Daniel, you can't see where you are. But on the wall, I literally have those words written. Oh my gosh, really? And it's because Daniel, Daniel wrote it to me and then mailed it to me. And then I put it up on the wall. Oh, I did. Yeah, Karu Mario Donna Loma Malanu Carano. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Carano, where, you, where did you say you're gonna get it? All over my naked body. Yeah, that's true. Great. So, <clears throat> of course, Schlappy's back, you guys. This book. Um. Oh, hi. I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. And um, we're just the biggest Goosebumps fans on the planet. I feel except like I'm for, becoming... Except a, for one guy in Australia. What? That's true. I feel like I'm becoming a bigger and bigger Goosebumps fan. I, fe- I feel like... I feel like I can't get enough of it. And I feel like the more we do this podcast, the more it's it's consuming my life. And, you know, so Daniel takes the book and he reads it and then he passes it off to me and I read it. And then sometimes, you, most of the time we watch the episode together and then record. But there have been times lately, especially with Nylene 93, when Daniel was reading it and he had it at his place, like I was itching for it, clawing for it, scratching for it. I couldn't wait. I was like, damn it. I wish I, my ass were reading a Goosebumps book right now. Maybe we should get double copies of each. Oh, man. Maybe. I've never even looked to see up. I never looked up to see on Amazon how much like used old copies of Goosebumps books are. I'd I'd pay a pretty penny. Yeah, same, same. I just, I love them so much. And it was a real, it was a real joy and a real treat to read this book. Definitely. Reread it. This book came out in February, 1996. That's right. And let's talk about the cover of this book. Yeah. So we have, um, 
Not just slappy, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine dummies with him. Oh, wow. And Slappy's kind of like sitting in this like beat up old chair with his arms on the armrest, kind of holding court for all these dummies. And all these dummies are staring at you directly in your face. There's one with a yellow and black checkered um, suit that he's wearing, which is actually from the book as well. There's one woman with blonde hair, just like in the book that we'll read about. Um, and they kind of have like these weird like 40s, 50s stereotypical cartoony gangster faces that are kind of hard to describe just google it and they're sitting in an attic and what would you say the colors are for this book i'd say that they're it's another sort of like dark green yeah you know like it's like a forest green and it's like another sort of it's like a egg like a a polite egg tan yeah like egg tan like a sick egg tan yeah, we've had a lot of this dark green happening, you know? We have, but what's so fun, Daniel and I have the original copy that was that came out in the 90s, and this one features trading cards, mm. and the next several books, and we have the original copies, have these trading cards in them. And, and I we want, will, should we read, should we read the, this one now or at the end? Maybe we should just read it now. Go for it. <clears throat> this trading card says, Nia Living Dummy 3, starring Trina O'Dell. And the description says, our red-headed narrator. She's no dummy. Dan O'Dell, Trina's younger brother, nickname The Mouse. Zane, Trina's wimpy cousin. He's into photography. And Smiley, a broken down old dummy. He needs his head examined. And then it says, setting. The Odell's dark, creepy attic, home of Mr. Odell's dummy museum. And then there's a quote that says, say what? And it says, don't touch me, slaves. And then the last part says, the real deal. And it's a quote from R.L. Stein. How did I get the idea for this book? It's my life story. Few people realize that I am a ventriloquist's dummy. Even my family hasn't guessed. My only question, who is working my mouth? <laughs> Oh, Robert Lawrence. Oh, my God. I absolutely love R.L. Stein so much. And, and um, uh, some of the stuff that's in this trading card we said is kind of an allusion or whatever the word is towards um, uh, stuff that happens in the television episode, which makes me really smile. Yes, definitely. And could you tell the listeners what's, what's, what's on the trading card? Yeah, the front the front of the, the trading card is the cover of the book. And on the back, it's like neon green. And it says number 40. And then they're like stats, like it's a baseball card. Isn't that cute? What's kind of cute as well is that uh, in this particular book, it's a trading card for not only Night of Living Dummy 3, but also one for Bad Hair Day. Yeah. So which, gives a, gives the, which gave the reader at the time a very significant sneak peek into the story. And it also included a bookmark. Yeah, the bookmark is a, is a picture of... Um, uh, Curly in bed. Now we've talked about Curly kind of obtusely before, but Curly is like um, again Scott for Goosebumps. Yeah, like the goose. Way. It's just kind of a skeleton with with a goofy expression. And this one is a, a. And Dana and I left these trading cards and bookmarks in the book this whole time. So which would be in mint condition. And it's a it's a it's a bookmark that says I love Goosebumps. And then his picture is Curly reading a book, wearing a nightcap. He's like a skeleton, g- smiling. And there's a, a bulldog in bed with him. And it says, reading is a scream. And then it says on the back, getting ready to read a Goosebumps book by Curly. Number one, refill Cuddles' water dish with more monster blood. (laughs) 
<sighs> Number two, make sure is nothing. Make sure nothing is hiding beneath the kitchen sink. Oh, curly. Number three, put on your haunted mask. Oh man. Number four, go eat a bowl of worms. Oh, a tasty ticked. late night snack. Five, rub on some Instatan. Oh, no. Number six, reset your cuckoo clock of doom. Cuckoo. Number seven, check your closet for Slappy and other demis. Oh, man. Number eight, listen for the barking ghost. Uh Uh-huh. Number nine, kiss your mummy goodnight. Aw, that's sweet. And number ten, now you're ready to get goosebumps. Try not to scream too loud. Isn't Aww. that cute? Remind me to get that tattooed all over my naked body. I will. So let's jump on in. <clears throat> let's do it to it. Now, some stuff has already been set up for us. We have our prota- our main protagonist, which I guess would be Trina. Yeah. Um, she has red curly hair. Take a drink. Wow. We didn't wait. We didn't wait. We didn't waste any time in this book getting to a redhead. Now, did we? No, we didn't. I, should we do a little recap of like where we were before? Last time we left off. Last time we left off, Slappy. Yes. He was with the Kramer family with Amy Kramer in Night Living Dummy Two, and he had fallen. And he had he had cracked his head open. He smacked his little head on the pavement. And and um, a white worm had crawled out. Do you Ew, sicked. And it crawled into like a, a hole in the molding in the wall. And so, um, and that, that was that. Yeah, that was that. So that's where we left off with Flappy, <clears throat> I guess. Yep. So again, Trina is our narrator. Um, it, is it is it possible for you to think of Trina without thinking of the rapper? <laughs> I'm serious. It was while, while while I was reading this and watching the TV episode, but now I feel like I had a half life while I was reading it because I never thought of that. Did you while you're reading it? Did you envision it as Trina the rapper? Now I can only envision it as Trina and pull over that ass too fast. Pull over that ass too fast. That's a good point. She, um, her ass is a little too fat. She is a for, chubby and tall. Not for me. And she has... <laughs> That's so inappropriate, whatever. She has green eyes. <laughs> and um, she, her little brother, Dan... It's it's interesting because in the TV episode, it's Daniel, but in the book, it's Dan. Yeah, in the TV episode... Dan, they, Dan, the dirty old man, washed his face with a frying pan. That's true. The and, TV episode, they make a big deal about being called Daniel. And I'm like, for why? Well, he's Dan J- Jr. because it's... Dan, I guess Danny O'Dell is the dad. Yeah. Anyway, Dan is uh, short and skinny with brown hair and looks like a mouse. And I don't know why in the trading card it said he's called the mouse because in the book that just it, the nickname is just mouse. Details. I guess so. And the book starts off with him sneaking upstairs to the attic, which is where <clears throat> the dummy museum is. As we mentioned, that um, Mr. Odell, their dad, used to be a, a famous sort of ventriloquist who now owns this camera store or whatever. And all of his old dummies are up, you know, uh, upstairs in this attic, which is this big room with dusty windows. It's dark. It's creepy. There's creaking boards. It's just full of of ooky spookiness. I want to take it back a second, and you know how we have, you know, redhead check. And you you know, I don't think there's any falling hard in our elbows and knees in this book. There isn't. But we do have, you know, annoying little brother, annoying little sister. The, I like the dynamic between Trina and um, Dan in this book because they kind of like, of course, as with every Goosebumps book, like give each other a hard time. But they're like kind of on the same side for a lot of it. And, you know, when this character Zane, which we have already alluded to, gets introduced, um, it, it, 
it, it it's 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 different from the usual dynamic of protagonist and annoying little brother or sister. There's there's it's more complicated than that, and it's and this is real sophisticated literature. But this is not the first time that we have um, a brother and sister duo with, uh, or I guess, with an annoying cousin. That's not, it is probably actually. I was thinking Monster Blood three, but there, but Andy and um, Evan is an only child though, right? It's not the first time we have an annoying cousin. I'll say that. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, I want to talk about some of the dummies that are upstairs. Yeah. Um, Wilbur, which is sort of um, Mr. Adele's like main dummy, has short brown hair, thick black glasses, and a yellow and black checkered tattered sports coat, which is sort of similar to one of the dummies that's on the front of the book. Yeah, don't they say also that Wilbur looks a lot like Mr. Odell? Like Mm -hmm, that's like his thing. With his glasses. And then there's another one of note is Rocky, um, who is the only dummy that does have a stupid silly grin it has a sneer he has a sneer and, and he's, he's wearing like, a tough guy outfit of a red and white striped shirt and black jeans like is this supposed to be like 50s like greaser <clears throat> type thing is that what you're thinking to me it sounded like gay french mime which i'm cool with Do you oh, know what i mean sure you know i think it's a 50s kind of thing on the back of the book they reference like rocky as in rocky balboa am i correct in the back of the book? Yeah, like, I mean, on the back of the book, it says he is a sneer. What does it say? He is with a sneer just like Rocky. Oh, and one with a sneer just like Rocky. I think so, yeah. Are we supposed to know that as kids? I don't. I still don't really know what that means. I'm, I'm not totally sure either. Anyway, he's kind of like the tough dummy. And then there's one dummy that's a, a girl. It's Her name Miss is Miss Lucy. Lucy. And she's <laughs> It just happens. You can't not say that in like that other Hi, accent. my name is Miss Lucy. Hello, my name is Miss Lucy. She has curly blonde hair and blue eyes. And, and big tits. <laughs> and big wooden tits. <laughs> and if you pull the lever, they pop up and down. Oh, who's pulling the strings on my tits? <laughs> so, Dan <laughs> likes to go up there and, like, mess around with him and make him say silly He likes to mess things. around with Miss Lucy's tits. Wow. <laughs> this is getting nasty. Yeah, get nasty. Tag someone nasty. <laughs> and, and while they're upstairs, like, kind of goofing around, out of nowhere, Rocky leans forward by himself and says, Trina, Trina I'm, I'm going to get, get you. you. And, like, don't they talk about they? Doesn't Trina talk about the fact when she was younger, she used to have these nightmares that Rocky would come down to her room and say, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good. Sure, Shania Twain. Yes. And Rocky, she everybody starts freaking out, but then they realize it's not Rocky, it's just dad hiding behind Rocky's My chair, dad. sticking his arm up Rocky's button, making him talk. Yeah, wow, these are some nasty dummies. <laughs> and Trina's like, Dad, but she like chills out when dad's like, Oh, you know, it's just a dummy, and we're just making dumb jokes. And one of the jokes he makes is, Come on, Trina, scratch my back. I think I've got termites. And Trina dies laughing because she's always loved that one. There's a, I mean, as is the case with all slappy night living dummy books there's going to be a lot of really hokey bad jokes and I I firmly believe that Arl Stein way more enjoys bad humor than he does scary stuff I, I also agree with that and it's a good thing that I love bad humor as much as I love scary yeah, stuff yeah 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 and he's like hey kids I want to show you something come to my dummy work table and he pulls out this big large you know this large brown shopping bag and he says I found this dummy in a trash can with his head split in two and let me describe to you the dummy that he pulls out Uh uh-huh 
It had wavy brown hair painted on top of its head. The face was kind of strange, kind of intense. The eyes were bright blue. They shimmered, sort of like real eyes. The dummy had bright red painted lips, curled up into a smile. An ugly smile, I thought. Kind of gross and nasty. Mm. His lower lip had a chip on one side so that it didn't quite match the other lip. The dummy wore a gray double-breasted suit over a white shirt collar. The collar was stapled to his neck. He didn't have a shirt. Instead, his wooden chest had been painted white. Big black leather shoes, very scuffed up, dangled from the skinny gray pants legs. Y'all know who this is. This is a slappy. slappy. um, Trina also points out that his, like, knuckles and hands look sort of roughed up like yeah. he'd been in a bunch of fights yeah and ooh it's my girl slappy and i am just i i was just i gave myself quite a thrill reading this. you know when we when we reread these books um we we when we 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 these books i always forget that i not always but i i do forget that slappy has blue eyes and how sexy he is yeah i don't forget that because like i feel like an uh, on the covers and in, in drawings and stuff, either has green or brown eyes. I mean, lately, of course, he has brown eyes because of from the movie. They're trying to make him look like Jack Black or whatever, that whole thing. Um, but I forget that he has crystal light blue eyes. No, like he me. has blue eyes like me. And dad's like, oh, he has such an interesting smile. Let's call him Smiley. Cool. So they end up calling him Smiley. Anyway, he runs downstairs to answer the phone. And while he's downstairs, Dan finds this folded up slip of paper in Slappy's gray suit jacket. Here we go. It's like, what is this? And reads it out loud. Let's read it out loud, shall we? Carew, Marie O'Donnelloma, Molyneux, Carino. And as soon as they read that out loud... It's also pronounced, as we've said before, I think, pronounced different ways in different television episodes. Oh, it's pronounced different every time. Yeah. Um, But I always pronounce it the same. Yeah. Trina sees Smiley wink at her, and then um, he reaches up his arm and slaps uh, the shit out of her. (laughs) Slappy? They don't call him Slappy for nothing. He'd be slapping a lot of people in this book. Have you thought about how much a t- how much it would hurt for a wooden hand to slap you across the yes, face? Yes, I've given this lots of thoughts, and we talked about it in Night of Living Dummy Two, which was just nine episodes ago. Um, but talk about these like these cloth arms, and, these cloth arms and legs that ain't got nothing in them, and then these hard wooden clomping clompers for feet, and these loud banging smackers for hands. Same. So um, <clears throat> Trina's like, oh, he's Lappy. And Dan's like, what? And at this, at this time, d- dad has returned upstairs. And she's like, hey, Smiley, slap me. And dad's like, you can't kid a kidder. That's one of Mr. Odell's favorite lines. <laughs> and he's like, well, I have something to tell you guys. Aunt Susan is away on business. So that means Uncle Cal and Cousin Zane are coming to visit. And Dan and Trina are like, oh, no, we can't stand Zane. He's nerdy. He's a major win. Uh. And dad's like, you prom- promise you won't pull any tricks like you did last time he came to visit. And I guess last time he came to visit, they, I don't know, they like convinced him that the house was haunted. Yeah, basically Zane's a scaredy cat. Zane is a scaredy cat. And I don't know, last time they really wreaked havoc on him and gave him nightmares. And uh, well, I want I want to give an example of that in just a second. But he, I also want to point out that he's very scared of dummies. Same. So the no, next day, um, Trina is playing piano to calm herself down. This is such a fun little tidbit. And I just wanted to read this because she says, um, 
I love to play the piano, especially when I'm stressed out or excited. It always helps to calm me down. I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it. Most of the time, um, my dad pushes me off the piano bench so he can play chopsticks, but sometimes he stands there beside me and listens. I've been practicing some nice Hayden pieces and some of the easy Chopin Etude. <laughs> Don't show off. Yeah. Anyway, she also gives an example about what they did to Zane last time he was there. And she says that they, that they walked around the attic every night howling softly like ghosts, making the floor creak. And that they even crept into his bedroom closet in the middle of the night and made him think that his clothes were dancing. And that they rigged they a rig pair a of mom's pantyhose <laughs> so they cast a ghostly shadow of legs onto his bedroom floor. Oh, Zane. There's nothing scarier than all of my clothes dancing sexily in my closet. I don't think that's scary at all. I don't either. So Zane and Uncle Cal arrive and Matthew... Let me tell you what Zane's like. Please, tell me what he looks like. He's not, he's not what you think he's going to be like, you guys. Zane is a big, beefy guy. And he has, they describe him as a big, beefy, blonde bulldog alliteration. He has round blue eyes, wavy blonde hair, and a nice smile. Even Trino's like, he's actually kind of nice looking. I'm like, girl, that's your cousin. Like, stop. That's your cousin. And so like, and he's like a big, big dude. And now that he's come to visit, he's even bigger than he was before. Big, beefy, blonde Bulldog. And Uncle Cal is also there, and he's kind of the opposite. He's like a tiny little man, chipmunk of a man with a round face, a twitchy little nose, and two front teeth that poke out. Poke out like your back broke. And Trina kind of points out that he's a real cheapskate, even though he makes way more money than Mr. Odell does. Bitch! And Zane is like really into photography now. And he has like a Whatever. camera that's always around his neck, and he's always taking lots of pictures, which annoys the tits out of Dan. I'm trying to understand what kind of camera this is, because this is 1996, and maybe Ricky Middlesworth can help me out here. But like, he's carrying around this camera with a big snap and old flash to it, and they kind of he ambiguously switches out lenses and stuff. Do you think I honestly know? No. Um, and, uh, and dad points out, well, ha- well, that's great, Zane. I have a dark room in the basement, and you can use it anytime you like. And Dan and Trina are, like, t- t- kind of trying to get along with Zane. Like, oh, are, are you still? And, and Zane's like, oh, are you still into video games, Dan? And Dan's like, yeah, dude, are you? And Zane's like, not since I got my camera. I don't have time for games anymore. You see, I'm into photography. And, and Dan and Trina's mom is like, I made sandwiches. Let's have sandwiches. And Uncle Cal and Zane are like, well, we'll unpack first. And then we'll have sandwiches. So they go upstairs to unpack. And then there's a loud, Oh, no. What could it be? Was it Smiley? They all run upstairs and they see that Rocky, the dummy, is like splayed out on the floor in front of Zane's room. And Zane said that when he opened his door to his room, that Rocky fell down on him. Oh, no. And Dad's like, you guys, I said no more jokes. And Dan's like, I didn't do it. And And Trina's like, well, my ass didn't do it. And he's like, I don't have time for this. Please take Rocky upstairs. And Trina's like, I know it was Dan. I knew it was him. Zane's like, hey, guys, uh, I know you're taking the dummy upstairs, but uh, can I come upstairs and take some pictures? And they're like, uh, aren't you a scared of dummies? And Zane's like, I know, but like, I can take some pretty cool pictures up there. <laughs> and he's like, the, I guess, I don't know, the attic stairs are creepy, too. And he's like, uh, I don't know, but like, I'm going to be brave. And they he, they all go upstairs, and Dan's like, uh, take some pictures of Miss Lucy. And like, does Miss Lucy's voice, and is like, give me a big, wet cut. 
I stand for Miss Lucy. Me too. I love Miss Lucy. And Zane's like snapping pics left and right. And as Trina is fixing Wilbur's bow tie, she hears a slap. And Zane goes, one of the dummies slapped me. It was that one. The one with red hair and And the red freckers. Arnie. Arnie. He's like, something weird is going on here. I'm telling Uncle Danny. And they're like, don't, don't. You'll get us in trouble. Don't do it, Nobody slapped you. What are you talking about, Zane? And mom's like, lunch, lunch. Sandwiches. Sammies. And Trina's like, Dan, did you bring Arnie to life and smack him, smack his little face? Dan's like, it wasn't me. I promise. It's not me. I'm not the one messing around with these dummies. And Trina's like, you better not be. And so that night, Trina's like, can't stop thinking about the dummies. She just can't stop. Same. And as she's about to, she falls asleep and she wakes up to a horse whisper. A a horse whisper. Trina. No, she wakes up to a whisper that is horse saying, Trina. Trina. And she pops her eyes open and who could it be? Uh, It was Zane. And Zane's like, I heard voices upstairs. Please, please. Please, I heard voices upstairs. Now, can we go downstairs and get some cereal? And Trina's like, what? He's like, cereal always makes you feel better. She's like, dude, what are you talking about? Can I get some cinnamon toast, Kerch? Plitty, please. And Trina's like, all right, I'll go with you. And he says, oh, this house really creeps me out. And Trina's like, I know, it's pretty old and dilapidated. And sometimes it gives me the creeps too. But let's go into the kitchen together. And when they walk into the kitchen, good morning, America. They see a dark figure slumped over the table and they gasp. And they turn the lights on and then they scream, it's Rocky. Oh, it's Rocky. And they're like, what? Night Living Dummy 3, starring Rocky. And they immediately are like, what is going on? So they go upstairs to confront Dan. Trina knows it's Dan. And when they get to this room, they expect him to be giggling and awake, but he's really asleep. Yeah, don't they he's like totally poke, asleep. They like poke at him and tickle him and he doesn't even wake up. And it's like, wow, he's really asleep. So they, they're like, I, I can't explain this. So they make their way out. And as soon as they're walking out of the door, Rocky Dan's room, comes in through the door. Oh my God, they start screaming, he's alive. No way, it's just dad holding him. And he's like, who put this dummy downstairs? What's going on? I heard screams. Dan starts waking up and he's like, what's going on? Dad's like, the next time Rocky shows up somewhere, you're in major trouble. And I mean, no summer camp. And yeah, they're like really amped about summer camp. But if they asses get in trouble anymore, they ain't going. So, but Trina's like, I swear it's not me. Dan's like, I swear it's not me. And dad's like, I don't have time. And they all go to bed. And in the morning, Trina comes downstairs for breakfast. And guess who's sitting at the breakfast table? No, no. Who is it? Rocky. Matthew, how many times has this has this happened in a Goosebumps book? <sighs> dozens and dozens of times. And I was thinking that like... If you don't like this whole like kind of trope, you're really not gonna like Nye Living Dummy books at all. You know what I mean? And because... I mean literally like sitting at the breakfast table. Oh, that? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, Couple times. This happens does this happen twice more in this book? I don't know. Let's find out. Like, uh, come on. Anyway, Trina's like, oh no, and she just she just immediately is like, nobody can see this. Like, and, and just uh, brings uh, brings Rocky upstairs, so no, every uh n- nobody's the wiser and no one can see and so what that, she did and that day trina and dan and zane are home alone on the sunny march day um what day of the week is it are they on spring they're on spring break from school are they for sure spring vacation from school yes and it's march remember yes i know that finally i like uh, in the TV episode, they mentioned quickly that it's a weekend. I also don't understand. Like, why are Uncle Cal and Zane there again? 
I, um, because uh, Aunt Susan has work. My name's not Susan. And um, so they're they're home alone on this sunny March day, and Zane is like insisting on taking pictures of the moldings. Yeah, Zane loves moldings, and this house has some awesome moldings. I remember the first time I read this that I didn't know what a molding was, and I had a still look. not sure. It's like moldings are like when the walls meet the ceiling. And there's that like thing that connects them, and sometimes it's very ornate looking. Wow, that's pretty cool. And he's also taking pictures of the banister for the stairs. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And then his pictures, his like roll of film runs out or whatever, and he's what? like, "Oh, let's go downstairs to the basement to use the dark room, and then I can develop the photos. I can show you guys what they look, what it looks like." And so they're like, "Okay, good. Let's go down to the basement." And they go down to the dark room, and they see that all the photos are actually. Close-up portraits of Rocky. No, no, so much Rocky. Too much Rocky. And, you know, everyone freaks out. And later that afternoon, Trina goes upstairs to stare at the dummies, upstairs to the attic, and is like, who is doing this? You know, first the doorway, then the table. Doesn't she, like, talk out loud to them? She's like, who's doing it? Who is it? Is it you? She says out loud, it was Dan, right, guys? And then at, then she hears uh, a, a, a soft laughter coming from the dummies. And then she goes, huh? She's in another quiet laugh and a <laughs> snicker. And then she hears a hoarse voice say, is your hair red? Are you just starting to rust? Hey, Trina, you're pretty. Pretty ugly. I like your perfume. What is it? Flea and tick spray? Uh, Pinch me. I'm having a nightmare. Or is that really your face? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That, that one's pretty good. And she's like, what? What? And she realizes they're coming from Smiley on the couch. And then he moves. And then she realizes, Finally, oh, we no, wait. It's just Dan behind the couch, sticking his hand through the couch, making Smiley move. Uh, we have to work for Slappy, too, by the way. We don't get him for quite some time. No, we don't. No, we don't. And she's like, what are you doing up here? And he says, same as you. I was trying to figure out who's doing it. And I know who's doing it. It's Zane. What? He's doing it for revenge. It was the camera that gave it away. When we saw the pictures that were developed, I knew that no one else could take this camera away from him because he always has it around his neck. So he must have taken the Rocky pictures. It had to be him. It has to be him for revenge. So Trina and Dan decide that that night they are going to stay up late and hide out and catch Zane in the act in the middle of the night. And so it's cut to that night. It's cloudy and it's hot and it's windy. And they sneak upstairs in the pitch dark. And Trina, Trina, as she's kind of feeling her way around the darkness, she grabs a dummy hand and it feels so warm that it's like a human It feels humanly warm. And they hide behind the couch waiting for Zane for a while. I would like to take this moment related to this before we read a little excerpt that the description on Night of the Living Dummy 3, the Netflix Goosebumps episode is, Trina and her brother Dan think dad's dummies are pretty cool until one day they notice one of the dummies' hands is warm, humanly warm. That's the description. What? Yeah, I promise. Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. That's, that's insane. Isn't that amazing? It has nothing to do with it. I absolutely love that. Yeah, isn't that great? Anyway, cut back to behind the couch. They're waiting. And while they're waiting, Trina sort of um, remembers what happened earlier in the evening. Remember, Winnie, remember. And um, 
at dinner ta- at the dinner table, Zane is like talking about how scary about the role of film that showed up as all Rocky photos, and Zane says, "Wow, I'm kind of scared. So many weird things have been happening. It's like the dummies have lives of their own. Wow, I hope I don't have nightmares tonight. Like it's so obviously Zane. Yeah." You know what I'm saying? Yes. Anyway, Trina is is woken up out of her flashback dream and to wakes up to f- shuffling footsteps and she realizes that all the dummies have come to life. <gasps> oh no, wait. Actually, it's just one figure uh, shuffling around moving dummies um, and both she and Dan see the figure and Trina creeps up behind whoever it is, turns in the light and gasps. And by the way, I'm going to cut you off here. Please because this, cut me off. This really frustrated me because... We go an entire chapter of Trina seeing this person pick up the dummies and move them around before she, we reveal who it is. And I'm like, just go ahead and tell us already. Who is it? It's Zane. Oh, and Zane is so shocked and surprised that literally there's like a page and there's like half a page where it's like Zane couldn't breathe and he starts to choke and sputter and cough. And until- Dan has, has slapped him on his back a few hard times so he like gets his shit together. And then he, like, sits down on the couch. He's like, wow, I guess we're even now, huh? Oh, man. How about a truce? And they all agree, like, all right, you got us pretty good. Let's all shake hands. And then let's all slap high fives. And then all three of them can't stop laughing. Hilarious. <laughs> well, the first thing I think of when I think of this book is how untrustworthy Zane's ass is. Because, like, this book is all about, like... You thinking Zane is this like little wimp or whatever, but he's the one behind beefy it. Wimp. A big beefy wimp. Yeah. So the next day, the three of them go on a bike ride, and oh man, the ground is glistening with silvery frost. It's really kind of funny because we have like several pages of just like carefree childhood fun that kind of happens, and I was actually really enjoying reading it. There's some silly zippy dialogue about summer camp, and Trina's like, "We're going to camp this summer for the first time up in Massachusetts," and Dan's like, "For eight weeks," and Zane says, "Wow, I don't know what I'm doing this summer. Probably just hanging out." And Trina says, "What do you want to do this summer?" And he goes, "Just." <laughs> Hang, hang out, out. and they <laughs> all can't stop laughing. <laughs> and they're just riding their bikes popping wheelies and taking photos of pop weeds that, pop that jiggle that fat and they go back to the house for lunch and zane's like snapping pics of the cool pretty fun stone well that's in their backyard stone well and then they run upstairs to clean up and zane well. stops in front of his room and turns ghostly white no and they're no, like what please. is it he looks in his room and he screams and oh my god his room is totally trash all his clothes have been pulled out the closet all over the floor dresser drawers pulled out and dumped over bookshelves emptied bed table on its side the other one upside down on the bed broken lampshade lamp on the ground and sitting tangled in a hill of clothes in the room was rocky rocky just sitting on a mountain of clothes and trina says i I really don't believe this as she tugs on the sides of her hair i love that red hair and mom walks in and is like what is this who did this we should call the police the police she totally freak out of course none of them could have done that shit because they were all out riding their bikes and living their lives 
But somehow, someway, Dan and Trina end up get sort of getting blamed for it, kind of. Just and they like end this up, whole book. Yeah, they end up spending the rest of the day cleaning Zane's room, and Dad walks in on them as they're cleaning up and is like, you know, how could you do this? Blah 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 blah. This is you. I know it's you. We summer camp. Shit. Summer camp. Fuck you. We didn't do shit. And he takes Rocky upstairs or whatever. And that night, Trina like is having a dream and. This is on page 77, and I just, I love this this dream sequence because I thought it was so terrifying and amazing, and this is what should have been in the movie version of this, just saying. That night I dreamed once again about ventriloquists dummies. I saw them dancing, a dozen of them, all of Dad's dummies from upstairs. I saw them dancing in Zane's room, yes. dancing over the tangled Sex. piles of clothes and books, dancing over the bed, over the toppled bed table. Oh, I saw yeah. Rocky dancing with Miss Lucy. Sex. I saw Wilbur doing a frantic, crazy dance on top of the dresser. And I saw Smiley, the new dummy, clapping his wooden hands, Woo-hoo. bobbing his head, grinning, grinning from the middle of the room as the other dummies danced around him. They waved their big hands over their heads, their skinny legs twisted and bent. They danced in silence. No music, no sound at all. And as their bodies twisted and swayed, their faces remained frozen. They grinned at one another with blank, unblinking eyes. Grinned their frightening, red-lipped grins, bobbed and bent, tilted and swayed, grinning, grinning, grinning the whole time in the eerie silence. And then the grins faded as I pulled myself out of the dream. I opened my eyes, slowly woke up, felt the heavy hands on my neck, stared into Rocky's ugly face, Rocky on top of me, the dummy on top of my blanket over me, reaching, reaching his heavy head and wooden hands for my throat. And Rocky's choking her. And she screams and screams and screams and throws him on the floor and mom and dad run in and she's like, he was choking me. He was choking me. And dad's like, this has got to stop. Stop the lies. Stop the lies. <laughs> and he takes Rocky upstairs again. Is this the fifth or sixth time that he's reprimanded them? 18th. And... Trina eventually falls asleep and wakes up to knocking on her door and she realizes it's Rocky. He's back. He's come back. No, no, no. It was just Dan. Oh, and Dan's like, I heard everything that happened in there, but I just waited 20 minutes for you to fall asleep again to come in and tell you that. And Dan's like, hey, listen, I know what's going on here. It's still Zane. Truce my ass. Zane's doing this shit. So we need to wait up. We need tomorrow night. We have to wait upstairs again and we've got to catch him again. But the next night is a big dinner party being held in honor for Zane and Uncle Cal. And so many cool people are coming over like the Birches and the Canfields and and Cousin Robin and Fred. But everyone calls Fred Froggy because he looks like a frog. Uh Uh-huh. And mom made a leg of lamb and dad made his famous Caribbean Caribbean scalloped potatoes. Ooh, all those fancy plates in the dining room. Oh, it looks so good. This and they're is all gonna at dinner go and Froggy's so well. telling terrible jokes. Nothing's gonna go like, wrong oh, tonight. I'm having so much fun. I'm gonna run upstairs and get to my camera. And when he's upstairs, I've gotta take pictures of this night. They I'll hear never a scream. <gasps> oh no, another time Zane ran upstairs to his room and screamed. Oh no. So everybody 
follows the scream, runs upstairs, and they find that Zane is holding the, his camera in his hand, and the camera has been smashed. It's been what? bent and broken, and no. that the film has been opened up, Please. and it's unspooled all over his bed. What? And Dad turns dark, dark red and said, this isn't mischief anymore. This cannot be allowed. And so, like, in that moment, Dan and Trina are like, shit, like, Zane isn't doing this stuff. He wouldn't break his own camera. And Zane's, like, about to cry, and he pushes through them and runs back downstairs, and everybody follows him downstairs. And um, Danny O'Dell, dad, Uncle Dad, was like, someone here has done a very sick thing to Dan and Trina. And then everybody hears a deafening crash downstairs. And everyone runs downstairs where Zane already was. And they're like, what's going on down here? And and Trina's like, do you still think Zane is actually doing this, Dan? They get to the dining room. Mom is like crying and has her head shoved into dad's shoulder. And everyone's like muttering quietly, shocked and confused at what they see. They see overturned platters, potatoes smeared on the tablecloth, salad, 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 salad on the floor, bread ripped apart, bread, bread ripped apart, flowers ripped from their stems, vase on the side, water pouring on the table, puddling on the floor, glasses turned over, red wine stain, red wine stains those red white stains and sitting at the end of the table next to each other each grinning with a glass of wine is Wilbur and Smiley I love that they're sitting at the head of the table each holding a glass of wine cheersing to each other end of act one and after this like the mess after that this big is a reveal, hell of a mess too everybody goes home and Dan and Trina like expect some big family conference, but dad is so mad that he just can't even speak and goes upstairs and comforts the, their sobbing mother. Ooh. And Zane's like, my That's camera, dark. my camera. And Uncle Cal's like, your your Uncle Danny will get you a new camera from his store. Don't worry. He's like, worry. but I liked my old camera. So that night, Dan and Tina... Are, are just are convinced Who's it's Tina? gotta be Zane like it has to be Zane right because Zane was the only person downstairs when that happened and they decide to wait up in the attic again oh, here we go again and Trina has decided to bring, bring with her her own like I'm assuming disposable maybe flash. I don't know I don't know, like her, I, I, I don't know, a flash camera for proof because she wants to snap a picture of Zane to prove that it's him. And they wait for about 30 minutes just hiding behind the couch in the dark and they hear shuffling feet and they peer around and they see a dark figure picking up a, a dummy as they did the, the, the couple nights before. <sighs> Zane. And Trina follows him and starts to take pictures of, of him in the dark. And as the flash flashes, she sees Rocky, over, who is over the shoulder of Zane. Oh, no, wait. It's not over Zane's shoulder, but guess who's carrying Rocky? Smiley. And Trina turns in the light and it's like, oh my God, it's Smiley. It's Smiley. And Smiley says, it's not Smiley. It's Slappy. Here and, we go. Good. And I'd like to, here we go. Finally, it took Finally. us this long. Take, takes I'd like to point 98, out. 98 pages to get to Slappy. It's the truth. I'd like to point out that Arl Stein <coughs> said, I think we're so used to Slappy's voice being like, hey, wow, 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 wise cracking, oh, sort of, you know, like wise guy sort of thing. Yeah. And here, Arlstein really points out that he has a hoarse, raspy, like, coughing voice. Ooh. Which I would like to hear what that sounds like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Dan and, and Trina... his laugh sounds like a cough. I love it. I love it. Dan Ooh. and Trina try to, like, tackle Slappy. And I, I wrote out all the violence that happens. Yeah, give me the violence. Ultra violence. He slams Trina's forehead hard with his hand. Ouch. And, like, tries to slide away from them and kicks 
Trina hard in the side with his shoe. Ow! And Dan like sort of tackles him and do- and like drives his head into Slappy's back and wrestles him. And Slappy's like, "You are my slave. Let go of me. I order you." And Dan's like, "I can't believe how strong he is." And Slappy flips Dan over yes. and starts pounding him with his fists. And Trina's like trying to pull him off when they see dad. Dad walks upstairs and they're like, dad, he's alive. Slappy's alive. It's Slappy. It's Slappy. But of course, as soon as dad shows up, Slappy slumps into lifelessness. And dad's like, I don't believe you. And Trina's like, no, I have proof. I took pictures. But then she sees that her camera is on the floor and that it must have fallen out of her hands. And the back of the camera swung open and has exposed all the film. So basically they're fucked. And dad is like, I don't believe your asses. Oh, sure. This dummy's real. Go fuck yourself. You two are grounded until further notice. And stay away from my dummies. So, like, couldn't get worse, right? I want to point this out at the end of this chapter. Um... Dad walks downstairs and Trina like bends down to pick up Slappy and says, the dummy winked at me. His ugly grin grew wider. And then he made, then he puckered his red lips and made disgusting wet kissing sounds. Wow. I want to talk about this because I've always envisioned Slappy as coming to life. Yes. As a dummy, right? Yes. Agreed. So just like his meaning, his mouth can only move up and down and, and you know, whatnot. But here, we have Arl Stein has said that his grin has grown wider. He winks and that he puckers his lips and makes kissing noises. Yeah, this was, I think this is the first time we've ever had this in where Slappy's being featured in a Goosebumps book where this kind of idea comes up because I agree with you. I'd always thought like maybe, you know, like in the TV version, the eyebrows can move up and down. So it's like maybe the eyebrows have moved, the eyelids have moved because those exist in the hand. I mean, the mouth goes up and down, but I did not realize that the wood itself would be warped by evil to make a wider smile and a kissy face. Interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. And... Um, Slappy says, don't touch me, slave. And Dan's like, you, you really are alive. And he says, you bet your soft head I am. Oh, man. And Trina's like, what do you want? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting us in all this trouble? And he said, if you treat me nice, slaves, maybe I won't get you in any more trouble. Maybe you'll get lucky. Knock on wood. Who's the dummy here? You or me? Just like puns, 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 puns. And Slappy's like, um, I put Rocky everywhere. It was me. I'll do I'll I'll do worse things um, if you guys don't become my slaves. You won't be going to summer camp because I need you to be home taking care of me because that's what good slaves do. And Trina like tries to pull his head apart because she remembered that there was that horrible horrible crack that the dad had like glued together. Yeah. If you remember in Night Living Dummy two, his head cracked open and. Uh, Mr. Odell had glued the head back together. Yes. And Trina's like trying to pull it apart, but no luck. Then Dan tries to pull his head apart. And then like Slappy says, thanks for the head massage. Now rub my back. And he laughs this ugly dry laugh that sounds more like a cough. And then Trina's like, what do we do? And Dan's like, what do we do? And Trina's like, I have a thought. And as soon as she has has a thought, Slappy starts running and running away from them. Trina tackles his skinny little legs and he hits her hard in the ear with his hand. But she holds on to him anyway and stretches, Dan, grab his arms. And she grabs a red kerchief from another dummy and shoves it into Slappy's mouth. Shut up. And then she ties his legs together into knots and they take him outside as he is like silently bucking wildly. Into the 
They take him into the silvery frost. Arlstein says silvery frost so many times in this book. Drink. And they then they carry him across the grass into the stone well and drop him down the well. Bye, bitch. So, the next morning, Dan and Trina are so relieved that everything is over. They go to breakfast, and guess what, you guys? <laughs> Am I right, Matthew? Yes. Slappy is sitting at the breakfast table, just like Rocky was, like... Twice already. Yes. He's sitting at the breakfast table, and Dad's like, what is he doing down here? And at this point, I'd be like, if I were their dad, I would just... I, I, I don't know what I would do with Dan and Trina. I don't know either, but I'll never be a dad. That's true. Yeah, that's very, very, very true. And they're like, what is he doing out here? And why is he all wet? Meanwhile, the, for the rest of the book, the, it is like a lightning, thunder, rain, crazy storm outside that I absolutely love. I do too. I love the descriptions of the weather here. And what's so fun about here in the book is that it's a lightning and thunder and rainstorm. Whereas in the TV episode, there's just lightning and thunder, but never any rain. No, it never, ever, ever rains. And Uncle Cal comes downstairs and... You know, I don't know. It's like, yay, let's have breakfast. And Trina's like, I, I need to tell him, I need to tell dad what's up. Like, I, I, I have to tell him. And dad's like leaning into a cabinet, banging pots and pans, searching for things to make pancakes for Uncle Cal. And she says, um, <laughs> dad, I have to tell you something. Slappy is evil. He's alive and he's evil. Dan and I threw him down the well last night. We had to get rid of him, but now he's back. You have to help us, Dad. You have to get rid of him now. Dad pulled his head from the cabinet and turned to me. Did you say something, Trina? I was reaching, I was making such a racket, I couldn't even hear you. Uh, uh, and Trina just goes, oh, never mind. And he was like, you know, just get Slappy out of here, get him upstairs, and there's lightning and thunder, and it's getting very sexy. I just love that ridiculous moment of being like, Dad, this is the truth. And he's like, oh, I didn't hear you. What? Yeah, I know. So ridiculous. I laughed when I read that out loud. So Dan and Trina carry Slappy upstairs and he whispers to them as the, as as he's being carried upstairs. Nice try, slaves. But give up. I'm never going away. I neither how. So that day, Trina and Dan are home alone um, because they're grounded, I guess. And it's cloudy and it's rain, rain, rain. And they're talking about Slappy. What are they going to do? And they both come up with the idea of like, oh, that piece of paper. That kind of like brought him to life, right? What if we can use the piece of paper to stop him? Um, you know, classic move in a, in a Night of Living Dummy book. Yeah. Um, we all know that's never going to work um, because it's already been done many times. I'd still try it too if I were in that situation. I would too. So they decide to sneak upstairs because they think Slappy is probably sleeping. And there's like <laughs> booming thunder and rain. And when they Boom, get up to the attic, clap. they see that Slappy is on the middle of the floor. His legs twisted around, his his eyes closed. And they're like, oh yes, he's definitely sleeping. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Slappy's sleeping. And so Trina quietly tries to pull the piece of paper out of his jacket pocket when he grabs it and says, gotcha. And his hands squeeze around both of her wrists so hard, so very hard that it cuts off the circulation in her hands. And she talks about the pain in her arms and then her entire body because he's squeezing her wrists so hard. And he says, I give the order, slave. Obey me forever or you will pay. Ooh. And she tries to shake him off and he has such a vice-like grip on her wrists that he he's not letting go. And she slams his body against the floor, but instead of slamming, he just bounces and is like loving it and won't let go. And the pain begins so bad that Trina just falls to the floor. Yeah, she just passes out. And as she and Slappy are falling to the floor, Dan leaps and grabs the piece of paper from Slappy's pocket, um, causing Slappy to let go of Trina for a second, and Dan just shouts the words on the piece of paper. Screams it. And Slappy... Sort of, Maria, Donna, Lama, Malone, Karen, up. And Slappy kind of um, stares forward blankly and then 
winks and laughs and is like, ha 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 ha, you, you can't, can't defeat me that way, way slave. slave. You, you will pay, pay for this. You will pay for this foolish attempt to defeat me. me. And there's like lightning and thunder and rain and it's so sexy and I'm loving it. Yes. And yes. he gets up and is, gonna, is walking towards them as they see the other dummies in the attic coming off of their chairs, off the couch, stretching their arms, flexing their big wooden hands. Heads bobbing, knees bending as they shuffle towards them, too. All 12 of the dummies are coming for Trina and Dan. Staggering stiffly, grinning, coming closer and closer and closer. The dummies' big shoes scraped heavily over the wooden floorboards. Their knees bent with each step. They looked as if they would tumble to the floor, but they kept coming, lurching forward, bodies bending, heads bobbing, alive. Wooden creatures, alive! And they get closer and closer, and Dan and Trina sort of close their eyes and brace for their, the wooden hands to 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 grab onto them but when they open their eyes they notice that the dummies are walking right past them and they're they're shuffling towards slappy instead oh what and they're circling slappy circle of death then the circle of dummies moved in closer tighter i couldn't see what they were doing to slappy but i saw their skinny arms jerking and tugging i saw them all struggling together wrestling with him were they pulling him apart i couldn't see but i heard slappy's scream of terror dan and i clung to each other watching the strange sight it looked like a football huddle a huddle of dummies the dummies grunted and groaned muttering in low tones as they worked over slappy we couldn't see slappy in the middle in the huddle we only heard heard one scream and we didn't hear him scream again and then i heard the attic door f- open someone was coming up the stairs i just I think that moment was so sexy yeah, i thought it was great it was really exciting and thrilling and terrifying and guess who comes up to the top of the stairs rocky no, i'm kidding it's zane and Tree's, trina's like oh my gosh it's zane 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 will see that the dummies are alive and she turns back towards the dummies and they all collapse onto the floor slappy is totally lifeless in the middle of them and trina thinks to herself did the dummies destroy his evil and um, Zane's like, I caught you. I'm going to tell Uncle Danny what you're doing. I knew it was you. I knew it was you messing around with the dummies. So then this kind of frustrating thing happens for me is that like everyone just assumes now that Trina and Dan did everything. And there's and Trina and Dan like cannot really defend themselves or explain what really happened. And it's just like an understood the end of the book that like Trina and Dan are gonna be in trouble forever. And it says that they say Trina said she's basically she and Dan are basically grounded until they're for, into, into their until their forties. And the next day, uh, yeah, Uncle Uncle Cal and Zane are are, ba- are leaving, and Zane's like says to them, "I hope I never have to come back here." And then smiles at Mom and uh, at Mr. And Mrs. Odell, like, "Thanks, guys." And Dad's like, "Here's an, I can get you a new camera for your birthday." And Zane's Zane, like, "No, actually, I don't want a camera. I'm not into photography anymore. I'd actually like to try being a ventriloquist like you, Uncle Danny." And Uncle Cal's like, well, maybe there's a dummy that you can spare. And Dad's like, that's a great idea. Hey, Trina, Dan, would you pick out a dummy for Zane? A newer one to give him. And Dan and Trina know just who to pick. And they said, here he is, Zane. His name's Slappy. I think you two will be very happy together. (laughs) And Trina's like, I hope Zane has fun learning to be a ventriloquist. First paragraph and last paragraph. The stairs up to my attic are narrow and steep. The fifth step is loose and wobbles when you stand on it. All the other stairs creak and groan. I hope Zane has fun learning to be a ventriloquist, because I have the feeling he may have a few problems. Because as Zane carried Slappy into the car, I saw the dummy wink at me. Kind of a... 
kind of an ominous ending. I liked it though. I was really frustrated. I liked it too. I was really frustrated that Trina and Dan took the fall for all the dummy stuff, but then the darker, dark twist of that last very end, I was like, okay, okay. I gave this book a B minus when I reread it when I was 16, but I think I might bump it up to a B. That's cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the TV episodes. Yeah. Um, I think the TV episodes do a pretty good job of adapting this. Um, I think they do an okay job about this. The main thing that stands out about this, the main thing that stands out about this two-part television episode that you you can watch on Netflix and I actually I actually encourage you to watch it and recommend to watch it because there, there's some gold in this is that fucking Hayden Christensen plays Zane and does a very questionable job of playing him yeah it's kind of of legend how um his choices for this yeah so let's 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 talk about it let's talk about it so this was uh season two i think the very end of season two episodes 24 and 25 two-parter yeah these both these episodes aired on july 20th 1997 and this is sort of one of your like uh, under net in netflix it's under like goosebump specials even though because it has like the um, sort of wraparound bookmark sort of thing with book endings with, I mean, with um, R.L. Stein. Yeah, R.L. Stein intros it and outros it. And it's one of my favorite R.L. Stein intros and outros ever. It is absolutely dripping with really terrible, terrible puns. And it's a total joy. In fact, I think the outro with R.L. Stein is 100% worth watching. And I'll be disappointed if you guys don't. So, so sweet and so cute. So ridiculous. Um, Trina is... Um, She's not a redhead. She's kind of like... She's not um, chubby. She's kind of like poor man's uh, um, Mickey Mouse Club Britney Britney Spears. Spears, Yeah. And then the actor who plays um, Dan is Blair Slater, who played... He was from The Barking Ghost. Yeah. And trivia for you, the voice of Rocky in this episode is Eugene Lipinski, who played Mr. Mortman in The Girl Who Cried Monster. Really? Yes. I'd also like to point out that the voice actor for Slappy is different from Night of the Living Dummy 2. Oh, is he really? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, oh, it's wow. a different actor, but he sounds very similar. And if you guys remember correctly as well, if you've watched the television episodes or you listen to us talk about Night of the Living Dummy 2, um, Slappy in the TV series is a redhead with green eyes and does not really fit the description of the book. And we have him back again. No, he doesn't. There's so- something that happens in this episode that did not happen with Night of the Living Dummy 2 is that in this episode, there's two versions of Slappy. There's one that's kind of waist up that you see that's clearly a puppy that's being manipulated and the other one is either a very small actor or a little person wearing a slappy mask that can kind of move and is kind of rubber when he like moves his mouth up and down and literally kind of terrifyingly runs around in the house in the episode it's very easy to tell the difference between when is the puppet being used and when it's a person in a mask because they look nothing alike and slappy's a lot bigger than he was in the last episode that we saw him um another difference for the between the book and uh the TV episode is that Rocky in the in the TV episode is is not at all how he's described in the book. No, he's kind of like Dick Tracy gangstered out in this in the yeah, TV episode. Yeah, he looks episode. like a gangster with like a straight up suit and like a fedora and is like Ey! like sort of like uh, mafia. Yeah. Like mobster type guy. <clears throat> so the episode starts with the intro with Arl Stein is him having like a two person comedy sequence with Arl Stein and then a dummy of R.L. Stein, and they kind of go back and forth and do like womp 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 dialogue. Hello, I'm R.L. Stein. I write the Goosebumps books. You're not R.L. Stein. I am. Oh yeah? Who's working your head? <laughs> you look almost lifelike. Thanks for the compliment. But I'm the real R.L. Stein. 
Really? If you're R.L. Stein, what is today's story? It's Night of the Living Dummy 3. It's about an evil dummy that comes to life. <laughs> what a crazy idea. Sit back and enjoy the story, everyone. Is that okay? You were a little stiff. Give me a hokey deadpan dummy routine with Earl Stein and Earl Stein puppet any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Wow, that is the actual. So truth. we start with like we, they really kind of sell this kind of old house, like this creepy house. It kind of starts it off works, with I think there's also like all these sh- continuous nonstop shots of this like wind chime and a weather vane that it cuts to, um, and it starts with Trina in bed and she in bed and she hears noises upstairs. She's like, "What's going on?" And we kind of see someone like lugging a big like trunk to this like presumably attic and then like this kind of really hilarious kind of i don't know why this happens but like a family photo like an over-the-top cheesy happy odell family photo like the noise the noise causes like the room to shake and like it falls and shatters the symbolism we have this shot of like the this this, like framed family picture that kind of shatters or whatever and so trina like like what's the noise upstairs so she goes upstairs and um where that where there's the attic and there's all the dummies up there these are more like in the they're not dummies they're like dolls they're like big they're like big dolls i was a little disappointed honestly i wanted more ventriloquist dummies but they just kind of look like big like howdy duties yeah they're big like dolls and stuff so trina goes up to the attic she kind of like pulls white sheets off of dummies and dolls she sees like one white sheet and she hears a voice going trina trina and she like takes off the white sheet and it's rocky like gangster rocky going trina and says some shit to her but it turns out that it's mr odell and they really in the tv episode really sell this idea that mr odell's like the prankster and jokester and that's like where the kids get it from because the dad like cannot take anything seriously at all constant jokes like non-stop like total jokes and the dad also like throws his voice which is something that never really comes back and i thought that it would and i'm not even sure is throwing your voice a real thing yeah i think so um anyway so he's like and then like dan comes upstairs too like what's going on up here and um he's like oh let me show you something i found this this dummy named slappy at a junk store and he pulls out slappy but instead of his face like being shattered or or whatever like it was at the end of it's night of one the living big dummy clean two, piece a big clean piece of his eyes come out and also slappy has this big red shiny red carnation like on his lapel which i did not remember but anyway um they say like you got slappy for practically nothing or whatever and the mom comes upstairs the mom's kind of terrible and she's kind of like perpetually over everything for this whole episode again uh goosebumps don't episodes don't really know how to handle parents so much um but they're like oh you know the the mom's like i don't know you'd be home so soon the dad's like oh yeah i had to be home before zane comes to visit inexplicably they have no the uncle cal drops zane off in the tv episode yes, uncle cal does not stay at the house zane just stays there they never really explain why and they show this weird flashback of like trina and dan scaring zane by like I guess Zane would like sleep in a cot or something. And there's a sequence of Trina and Dan taking Zane's cot while he's sleeping in the middle of the night to this middle of a field. And we see Hayden Christensen waking up in the middle of a field by by a cow and the cow like wakes him up and like Hayden Christensen runs away and screams. And that's like some of the pranks that Trina and Dan used to play. Oh gosh. So crazy. So anyway, Trina, like, you know, sees looks at looks over slappy reads the you know the 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 magic words or whatever Karum marie odana loma malonu karano 
Um, and like Slappy's like eyepiece like pops out. But like, I want to talk about the eyepiece for a second do because it. it's a clean like big chunk of Slappy's face, but his eye is included in that missing in that chunk. Yeah. So. If he has separate working eyes, it makes absolutely no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It makes sense if it was like a like a porcelain doll or something, but he is moving working eyes. So how could that his eye his whole eye be included in that piece that's just quickly loosely barely glued on with Elmer with with just a dab of Elmer's glue. Literally Elmer's glue, but however, when everyone leaves the attic, we see Slappy alone upstairs and this kind of this glowing green streak of light like where the crack in the eye was kind of fills itself in and it's like presumably like Slappy's alive and there's this glowing green evil that comes from him that's alive too. And it like seals <clears throat> the cracks up and his his face is as good as new. So Zane gets there, Zane's super embarrassing like he's wearing a very cool shirt though the the shirt is cool and he's like i'm in photography or whatever and then you guys it's so fucking stupid but it's one of the first things that i love it yeah it's it's stupid but that's why this is worth watching where it's like i'm into photography now and then so like dan and trina are like here take my picture and out of nowhere zane's like yeah oh yeah that's good ruffle your hair a little cross your arms you're happening you're here you're beautiful you're beautiful oh yeah great stuff great stuff more more and like there's a photo shoot with trina ruffle your hair but Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Cross your arms and maybe lean lean a bit to that side. Oh, beautiful, you're happening, you're here. Oh, great stuff. Hey. But what's really shitty that is done throughout this entire episode is like, in the editing, they'll do like screenshots of like what's happening, like their pictures that Zane is taking. So it's like Zane will be like, you know, taking sexy pictures of Trina with her hair. And then the literally the screen that you're watching of this Goosebumps episode will freeze and will turn black and white. But it's literal screenshots of the episode, not the the actors or the models looking into the camera. So it's not like the actual pictures that Zane is taking. It's just this kind of like shitty after effect that if you're if you have half a brain, you're not paying attention. You might think those are actually the pictures that Zane's taking and it happens throughout the episode I thought it's so dumb Zane's also reading a book called Conquering Your Fears that like falls out of his like he's wearing he's wearing the t-shirt he's wearing is like um, an Andy Warhol sort of like collage of T-Rex heads that are like different gorgeous like 90s colors and he has like a, I don't know, like a cargo vest and his book falls out and it's like conquering your fears. It's like, oh, and then he sees Slappy who's like downstairs because De- Mr. Adele brought him downstairs and he like freaks out and De- Mr. Adele's like, it's okay. Let me introduce you to Slappy and like make Slappy move and talk. And it's like, what's your name? And he's like, it's Zane. And the dad says, oh, that's better than being in Zane. And I think that's something Dan and I have said our literally our entire life. Yes. Our entire I- lives. Okay, Slappy, say hello to your uh, cousin. Hello, cuz. What's his name? Uh, his name is Zane. Well, I guess that's better than being in Zane. <laughs> <laughs> So the so the pranks get start up real quick in the middle of the night. Zane wakes up, and we you know we know you and I you and I the listener know that at this point it's actually Zane doing this stuff. But he wakes up and that Rocky has been placed in his room with a Jason mask on, like with a like a goalie mask, and he start he like it's just like standing in his room, and Zane like screams and starts hitting him with pillows, like feathers flying everywhere, and. You know, everybody wakes up and Zane's like, oh, help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you guys get what's happening. And 
The ruined meal also happens in the TV episode. It's different, though, because it happens during the day. Froggy and Aunt Carol or Cousin Robin or whatever the fuck their names were (laughs) don't, like, show up. But, like, you know, Zane's like, I'm overstaying here. Everything's terrible. And they're like, we can't, you can't leave yet. We have this, like, lunch for you in your honor. And it's played like this, this disaster lunch is, like, this really upsetting thing. But you guys, if you watch this episode, they kind of, like, go into the other room. And, like, cups are kind of knocked over. And, like, baby carrots are, like, have ketchup on them and, and someone the corn there's like corn in the cob place where candles should be like in the candle alabra or whatever and i'm like it's not that bad yeah and they like and it doesn't make much sense but the dad's like at least the roast isn't ruined and he like lifts off this giant silver pan and there's like a clown laying there instead of like a roast and like zane runs screaming upstairs it, the whole sequence really falls flat and they're like no summer camp for you and so they do the same thing where they're like, we think it's Zane. So like Trina and Dan go upstairs and hide. Zane comes up talking to himself and he, he's like, oh man, this is going to be great. Let's see. I'll put you here and I'll put you over. Oh yeah, this will be great. Oh, and then Trina's like, somebody's been a naughty boy. And Zane's like, what, what, what? And they catch him in the act. <laughs> oh, what a great weekend this is. Is that Zane? And they thought I was afraid of you? (laughs) Let's see, um, I think we'll put you in the shower and, uh, yeah, we'll hang you outside my bedroom window. After this trip, Trina and Daniel will never mess with me again. Looks like Zane's been a naughty boy. Uh, what? And so they, they, you know, agree to have their truce like in the book. And this is the end of part one. The kids go downstairs, but like Slappy starts running around and kind of speaks himself and is like, so we want to be a prankster, huh? I want to use some friends. So Slappy does this thing in the TV episode that has never happened really in the book series. It kind of happens a little bit later with this book called Son of Slappy, where Slappy kind of takes over someone else. But... <clears throat> He does this kind of like Dementor's kiss thing where he like lays over people or dummies and like this green gas like glows out of his mouth and it goes into someone else's mouth and brings them to life. And so Slappy basically like evil green gas activates Rocky for like Rocky to come to life. And so like he and Rocky will both be evil and alive. End of part one. So part two starts off with like uh, Zane is mowing the lawn and, you know, he has been revealed as the culprit. So, um you know uncle uncle danny and aunt whatever have you know this is his punishment he has to like clean the hat like i don't know whatever and they're like oh we should have a night out so everything's all good the the, and the kids are all home alone on the night of a a lightning and thunderstorm with no rain i'd also like to point out though while the parents are saying this to each other slappy and rocky run run up around in the background oh my god i forgot didn't notice like ridiculous so that night they're like uh, dan and trina daniel and trina and zane are like like let's watch a monster movie let's and trina's like all right let's go downstairs i'll, I'll grab a drink and then she sees two dummies hanging from a ceiling fan which is kind of scary yeah and then also there's like a water cooler that exists in their house for some reason and a dummy is all shoved up in the water cooler and i don't know how his ass got up there and daniel and daniel and trina and zane are all like what is going on and they're and like they turn- zane 
Zane, you did this again. Zane's like, no, it wasn't me. They you also around. get the clearest, what are you talking about? Like Canadian, what are you talking about that I've ever heard in my entire life from Hayden Christensen right here. What are you talking about? I love it. And they turn around, Slappy is sitting on the table cross-legged. And with his arms crossed, his legs crossed, just sitting there. And it's clearly that little person wearing a slappy costume at this point, which I thought was really terrifying, actually. It, it is. but And there's it's weird because Dan, the actors like Daniel and Trina aren't scared. It's more like they just die. Yeah. Like they're, they're not like, oh, my God, what? They're just like, what? How is this possible? Yeah, pretty much. I and don't then understand. Like, like they just like all life leaves their bodies and they just stand there dead. And Zane's like, oh, come on, guys. Like, whatever. Like, it couldn't have been. They're like, how did the, the dummies are like moving around by themselves? And Zane's like, there's no way. There's like absolutely no way. And he's like, it's you guys. You guys are the one doing it. And they're like, um, and there's this really odd moment that always sticks with me that I can't stand for this episode. Yeah, it's like Hayden Christensen is trying to like taunt Slappy and so he literally like bends over and like offers up his butt and he's like, go on, kick me, I dare ya. Come on, Slappy old buddy old pal. Talk to me, call me names. Here, kick me again. Kick me, come on, I dare ya. Well, how come he won't do anything now, huh? How come? Ow! You didn't say please. <laughs> What's the matter, Zane? I thought we were gonna be buddies. And then Slappy kicks him. Yeah. Hard. And, and he's like, you didn't say please. And he chases them around. There's like a silly little moment where they're like running and he pulls the rug and like out from under all three of them, they fall down and there's like a cartoonish like circus zwing noise. Yeah. Abracadabra. Oh, I love that trip. <laughs> and, um, and basically, like, there's this sequence of Slappy chasing the three kids around the house, and it's, like, equal parts played really silly and played, like, terrifying, but eventually they, like, subdue him and, like, hold him down, put him in the trunk, and dump, take him the, out dump to- the trunk in the well in the backyard. And so cut to, like, oh, finally everything's over, like, the evil of Slappy's been defeated, the, all, all the kids decide to go to bed. And, and Trina- they're like, we'll never mention this to mom and dad, they'll never believe us, it doesn't matter. And so Trina, I, Trina like, gets in bed with her, now she's reading the Conquering Your Fears book that that Zane was reading earlier. I did. I thought that was cute too. And I thought the sequence is really scary. Yeah. Slappy pops up against the side of her bed soaking wet and he throws up a frog on her bed. And he's like, sorry, there's a frog in my throat and she screams and Dan, Daniel and, and, um, Zane come running in and they see that there are wet footprints. No, no, Daniel comes running in. Zane does not run in. Oh, okay. Daniel and Trina see that there are these muddy footprints that you oh, guys you're right, you're right, go you're from right. the floor up the wall into like this air vent. I'm like, cool. Well, Slappy can walk on walls now. Cool. And it turns out that Slappy is... Slappy has snuck into Zane's room and has like leaned over Zane and breathed the green gas into him and turned Zane into a dummy. So you guys, there is a Hayden Christensen like paper mache dummy that is in this episode. How outrageous and ridiculous is that? It's crazy. And there's one shot, Matthew, I don't know if you noticed this. Where it's actually Hayden Christensen with lines drawn on his face and not an actual like paper mache dummy. Yes, they have like a for real dummy of Hayden Christensen, but there's one quick shot where you see that they just had him sit in there and they drew like dummy 
gummy lines on his mouth. It's so satisfying and ridiculous. It is. It's kind of hilarious. And and he's like kind of teasing Zane. Slappy is kind of teasing Zane and doing a horrible sort of like dumb like ventriloquist kind of dummy up. show. It's kind of dark. Yeah, and he and and Slappy's like, "Hey Zane, did you hear the one about the dummy?" And Hayden Christensen's just like, "No, Slappy, tell me all about it." Yeah. So, Zane, did you hear the one about the three kids that tried to outspot a dummy? No, Slappy, tell me all about it. They couldn't do it. <laughs> and they are like they're like oh how do we get rid of slappy his his like the the note the 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 piece of paper with the words on it that was in his trunk and the trunk is in the well so they run out to get the well or whatever and to get the trunk and blah 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 and they realize that the 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 words the piece of paper is not in the trunk it must be like in slappy's pocket so they go back upstairs and there's this weird sequence where like they think again slappy's sleeping and they kind of like they like walk up to him and they're trying to get like the the piece of paper with the words on it out of like Slappy's like jacket pocket and like it's up in the attic Slappy's like kind of quote sleeping end quote and Daniel reaches out to get the piece of paper and then Slappy like slaps him and like wakes up and he tries to do that green gas thing to Daniel where he's like trying to turn him into a dummy too and, and it's Trina like, like grabs the card and like shouldn't she read it backwards or yeah. something yeah and both Slappy and, Ro- and Rocky, who's also moving. Rocky's up. been kind of like following them around in the background for this whole episode. They both fall down, but it's like just a, ju- it's just, they're like, oh, it worked. And then they pop up and like, no, it didn't work. And then Slappy like corners them and orders Rocky to like, he's like, sick him, like get him. And Trina's like, no, Rocky, don't. You were dad's favorite. And then it's kind of stupid. They try to like emotionally appeal to like, to Rocky and they're trying to like reason with him and you're like you don't have to be slappy slave you're better than this Rocky come on Rocky you don't have to like do what slappy tells you and it works Rocky you don't need to be anybody's slave Hmm. Rocky listen to me you were always dad's favorite whenever he had a charity show to do he'd always take you he would never call you a slave Listen to her. You serve me now. Get her, you sorry sack of sawdust. Get her. When Dad found you, you were falling apart. But he fixed you up like all the others. He made you part of our family. Mm-hmm. Is that how you're going to repay us? I gave you life. Who are you going to listen to? Her or me? And it actually works. And so Rocky's like, never go against the family. Whatever. And then that like, gets in a big fight with Slappy and throws Slappy out the attic window. Yeah, so there's a sequence where it's like two little people in like a Rocky costume and a Slappy costume who are literally like beating each other up. It's so outrageous. And Slappy like slides down the roof and like hangs onto the edge of the roof and says, don't, she's like, you can't defeat me. Don't you get it? I'm invincible. And then as we mentioned, it was the lightning storm all night long. Yeah. And the lightning strikes Slappy and he explodes into a million pieces. And we have like a shaky cam, like uh, a close up of like a charcoal slappy face that's on fire. And Zane wakes up. He's no longer dumb. And he's like, man, I had the weirdest dream. (laughs) And then Trina's like, thank you, Rocky. And kisses him and like weird Italian mobster music plays. Like Godfather music plays for a second. So differently than the book at the end of the TV episode, like I love this. Zane and, and Daniel and Trina are all like friends. And they're like, we're friends. This was so fun. You know, it's like we had so much fun that, you know, Daniel and Trina are going to come visit Zane for Christmas. 
Christmas. And like, oh yeah, that's gonna be so great. And so like Uncle Cal, you know, picks up Zane and Dan Daniel and Trina are actually really sad to see Zane go. And as Zane is walking towards the car, his head turns like uh, 180 degrees around, faces them and says, I'll be seeing you real soon. Cousin. It's so terrifying because like the CGI, the special effects aren't great. And the, he like the way he says it is so like feminine and Southern. Bye Zane. See ya. I'll be seeing you real soon. Cousins. And so dead inside. And that's how the episode ends. It's, it's, a, it's incredible. But what's I love most, the ending. What's most incredible to me is the very, very end of R.L. Stein's yes, outro. It's, it's ludicrous. It's so meta and stupid and perfect, and I absolutely love it. I had so much fun reading this book. I had so much fun watching these episodes. What a blast. Yeah, I, I'm really going to miss Slappy, and we won't see him again until Bride the Living Dummy. Yeah, that's Goosebumps Series 2000, number two. So that's the last Nye Living Dummy of the original Goosebumps series. Oh, man. Slappy's the best. What's coming up next is the absolute worst. A bad hair day. Oh, no. <laughs> We're getting into the 40s now. It's going to get it's going to get interesting. Yeah, things are going to get weirder and weirder, you guys. I hope you're ready. Twisted. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you love what you hear, write us a little review. We've been getting some killer reviews. We really appreciate it. Thank um, you. Write us a review. Give us five stars on iTunes. We love it. Tweet us or Instagram us. Say hey. Uh, my name is DannyMax76. On both of those. My Twitter is iRobotUJane, and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. And you can email us at welcome to d- uh, deadcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please do. We can't wait to hear from you, and we can't wait to get into bad hair day. Yeah. If you dare. Now, there's a story that's sure to turn some heads. The ending did have a good twist. Well, that's all for now. Have a good night, everyone. What? Have a scary night. <laughs>